it kind of clicked one day i was talking to my chiropractor and he was saying that the curve that you see him i was looking at my x-ray he goes joe that will never go away he says that's just compensation in your spine and he's said that if that continues to go that way he goes it kind of curves so that was kind of like my aha moment like what if scoliosis is just a big compensation because they can't resist rotation so i went back to my client and i said hey i want to try something here she's like so I'm, my Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Fitness Line Down podcast, where I am your host and owner extraordinaire, Corey Kripe. Today, it brings me a great pleasure to invite on a friend of mine. Um, it was one that I, I guess he came out of the middle, middle of nowhere for me. I didn't really know. Um, I, I hate to say it this way. I didn't know you existed until October 2019. He came out to Chicago for a level one and two certification for the DVRT. Um, and then right there, you know, just his, you could really tell the people that are into this, that want to make this a priority in their lives and their training. Um, some people, they stumble into these certifications and unfortunately, I don't even think they know what they're doing. You know, they, I mean, they know what they're doing, but they have no idea what they're about to get into. Let's put it that way. Um, and some people, they're like, this is what I want to do. And this, I want to get better at this. And I want to find out all the ins and outs. And so Joe, Joe was one of those people that came in and Joe hails from Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, so I am excited, Joe. Welcome. And thanks again for uh, coming on to the Fitness Line Down podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a, an exciting moment when you invited me to come on. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you must be the only guest that ever gets excited about coming on because as I like to talk about, it is the least listened to podcast in the nation. Um, and I, I wear that as a badge of honor. <laughs> um <laughs> So let's talk about this, Joe. Uh, you, you know what? I got to pause on that. I forgot to tell you. I love the five random questions. You're the, it's the first time <laughs> guest. We need to run through the five random questions. So an easy game. We you know, a little bit of an icebreaker, right? So I ask you a question and you just give me an answer. We'll try to make this as, as simple as we can. So let's start with number one. Today, this day, you know, this, this time frame, what's like your go-to exercise in your personal session? You know, I've, I've listened to this question all the time and I, for all the preparing to do this question was my turn. Uh, I, you know, here lately I've been loving on the dead bug um, just because it's been helping me with my own personal issues. And it's just a great way of really training the core to really perform uh, more um, advanced movements. Um, different levels of people can really enjoy it. Um, but anything beyond that, I would have to say anything with a max, a max movement or multi-movement, like the get-ups or anything with the, that involves with more than just one movement, I just got to have more of it. Fantastic. Yeah, those are great answers. Um, now let's let's go to this. Let's say it's it's your session, your training. What's the go-to music right now? Do you have a specific genre or are you, uh, do you listen to nothing? Like most of my clients are like, we're like really digging on the, uh, working out with the eighties or the classic eighties uh, rock and roll. Uh, yeah. so we're getting a lot of, the uh, ACDC and kiss and Metallica and stuff in there. And my clients are like reliving their youth days of those concerts. So those, that's been probably like the go-to music right now. 
it's timeless right now, especially with the general with the general population that we're dealing with. A lot of those people like lived their best lives in the 80s, right? So right. Um, that is funny. I'm going to try to remember. I got a side story and this is pretty funny to uh, fitness line down. OK, how about this? You know, I, I keep asking people about the last movie that they saw in the theater, but you know, COVID, all this stuff. We don't, a lot of people don't remember the last time they were in the theater. So let's just say this. I would like to know what is like your, your all time favorite movie? I'm more of a comics kind of guy. So anything that has to deal with like DC comics or uh, Marvels, I've been really uh, in, into those. Those are like my favorite because it has a little okay. bit of action, comedy. So what would you prefer though, DC or Marvel? Depends. Uh, huge Batman, Superman kind of fan. So, but those have been kind of like, even though they're kind of cheesy, have been been my favorite. But right now, it's been kind of like the Marvel right now, with like the different themes of what that franchise has been doing. Yeah, they've been blowing it up, no doubt. Yeah, I will just plug in right now that my favorite all-time comic book movie is the Dark Knight series, Batman. I just. I can't yeah, get over that one. I rewatched that. that again. Like that's been my go-to to watch for like over and over. So I'm like, now I'm in the Dark Knight Rises mm -hmm. series. It's so good. It's just it's it's yeah. so good. It's so good. I mean, that's all this I can say. The villains, like, the villains are wonderfully casted. Yes. Christian Bale. I mean, besides Michael Keaton, that might be my favorite Batman of all time. Yep, Michael Keaton did a pretty good job. Yeah, well, he came out of nowhere, right? So yeah. it's just like, wow, that was amazing. And then uh, George Clooney puke. Um, anyway, <laughs> of course, this isn't this isn't a movie review uh, podcast. All right, so that's three questions so far. Um, let's just say, how about this? I've never asked this question. Where did you meet your wife? Uh, so we met in Iowa uh, in the grocery store. She was working in the full department, and I was one of the shelf stockers. And it kind of like, I started stalking her a little bit. And so I was trying to grab all the items in the aisle that was across from the floor department, just so I can like make those eye contacts toward her. <laughs> I <laughs> tell you guys, we're, 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 you know, we don't get enough credit, but we're very sappy. We're very romantic when, the when it comes time to woo the female. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's beautiful. Grocery store, both you guys working in Iowa. That's interesting. Um, I won't get into the, in the history of that. How about this? Like. It's Friday night. It's, you know, family time, what have you. Like what what is like the the meal that you want to start the weekend off with for dinner? Like what's that? What's the one that just sets the tone? You know, since I've been changing my diet, uh I still have like this go-to for either like pizza. Pizza or nachos are probably like, my go-to for Friday. Yeah. Well, that's that's special. I mean, there's nothing, you know, the thing is is as you know probably with all your your journey and things like this is you can still eat. You just got to be careful how much, right? Oh, yeah. And that's um, where I'm still challenged at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so hard, right? Like, I don't Yeah, my wife being the dietitian. So it's just like I used to go to Subway and eat a foot long of sub. And then she's like, all you need is a six inch. I'm like, honey, I'm, I'm I'm a big guy, you know, and then all of a sudden I realized, wow, if I really OK, six inches, you're right. OK, fine. You win. Yeah. Um, Megan, right. I can thank Megan for that one, though. I listened to the podcast with you and Megan. I was like, oh, thank you, Megan. I can go back to pizza and be OK. <laughs> <laughs> it's always. Yeah. Whenever we have pizza night, it's always uh, complimented by a nice side salad. Right. Yep. So you you get all that stuff, you get the fill in and then it's not like you feel like you have to go back. Because if I just have a couple of slices of pizza, that doesn't satisfy me. But if I throw the salad on the side then all of a sudden it's like, oof, you know, I've, I've got the greens, I've got the vegetables, I've got the pizza. It's, it's a match made in heaven. It is. 
All right. So you, you passed wonderfully, Joe. Thank you so much for that. Um, so let's, let's talk. First of all, you, you own a business. What's the name of your business? 657 Mobility. All right. Let's break that down now. Cause I think a lot of people are like 650. Is that like area code in Indiana? Why don't you describe, why don't you describe what brought that name about? So I was in transitioning of my old company's name and the new company and I was doing a DVRT workout and I was sitting there like during my rest time in business mode. And I'm like, 650 muscles okay seven planes of motion and three planes of or seven movement patterns and three planes of motion because so i play with like all these different numbers and i was like just keep it simple let's just call it 657 mobility and so it breaks down that there's 650 muscles to perform seven movement patterns in the three planes of motion so it all has to tie back in that mobility aspect of what we do every day that's great. I love it when love when people have, and I think I think any business out there, there's a reason why they call themselves something, right? It's not just like, oh, this is this name and why I thought it was cool and it looks good on my tattoo on my arm, right? <laughs> so no, it's a pretty stellar, uh, pretty stellar logo. Um, and I love the name of the business. And you know, because I didn't I had no idea before when I was asking, I'm just like, I why 657? Because that it's one of those numbers that we just really don't know. I mean, and that's really no why number. Yeah, I chose right. it because there's like very little companies implement numbers in their business. And I'm really trying to find ways to get like at the top of that Google search of mm. uniqueness. And I've always wanted, I grew up always different. Um, so I had to continue that trend of being different from the most fitness places or most businesses. And with my background in massage therapy, I really had to tie in the marry the two, um, two worlds, if you want to call it. And um started that whole journey of mastering a, a different unique technique of fitness and soft tissue mobility. And that's when DRT nailed it for me. It was like the missing link in my journey of 30 certifications of trying to find that one thing that can tie in mobility and why are people always tight? And as a massage therapist, it was just so frustrating to, work on the same thing week after week. And I was just like, okay, the, you felt better last week. Why are you messed up again this week? Why is this a reoccurring issue? And that really started my journey off as, okay, there's more than just massage. There, there's a reason why all this is happening in the body. And I'm a type of person, I don't like to do things more than once. I like to get it one and done. <laughs> well, before we get too far then, because you're you're already kind of delving in, and I love it. Sorry. <laughs> let's you know, let's just say you know Joe's going through high school, all that stuff. Um, you graduate. You went on to some secondary education, I'm assuming. Yeah, my original uh, education was uh, going to be physical therapy, and before that, it was actually welding, and it was just a total bust for me. Um, so then my um social worker at the time who's helped me out with like schooling and stuff she was like hey why don't you try physical therapy got through the whole process and then it was just like after doing more research before i sent finalized everything it was just like you could make it or you could fail out of 100 students and it was like wow 10 out of 100 gonna make that is pretty low number for me mm-hmm. and i was already burned out in school because i did graduated high school full summer of college pre-credits and then a full year of college and then listening to like a whole nother eight to plus years of physical therapy I was just like you know what I'm burned out and then I looked into massage therapy full-time student done in six months I'm like let's do it 
<laughs> I haven't looked back. My dad told me, he's like, don't do it. He goes, there's no career in that. And now he's like, oh man, I'm so proud of you for doing that. He goes, because you're like so good at it. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. I mean, I, I talk about this with my massage therapist too. They still like, probably, probably not for a, a gentleman like yourself, but there's still that stigma. Like you go for a massage. It's like, it's one of the, one of those quote unquote massages. Right. That's right. like, no, it's not that it's very, it's very benefit. It's there's treatment involved on right. that. So, um, all right. So you go through, um, you go through your massage therapy school, you rock it in six months. What happens then? Started working some odd and end jobs, trying to figure out like, how do I start a business? Because the business taught massage school was okay, but it didn't give you the grit of owning a business. They didn't really dive into that. It was more of like really, really basic stuff. So I figured, all right, make sure, make sure you, you spend less money than you make. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> business lesson 101. Yeah. Uh, make sure your startup costs and loans and stuff like that and do this to make a loans. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm already like not digging this. So after that, it was just a long journey of really um, mastering the massage part. And my, my massage instructor, she said that, you know, Joe, there's, there's people who can be taught this and there's people just born to do massage. And she goes, you were just born to do it. Oh, wow. And um, we didn't get into technique class. And she's like, we had to do like an example of where we were at on the instructor. And she called, held me after class. And she's like, Joe, she goes, They're, you're either taught or you're born. And she goes, you are born to do this. So she goes, you're going to go far. So I took that encouragement and it was just like, okay, that really fed my um, brain of like, okay, I really want to go far with this. And I've always been challenged with education. So I've been thirsty and like, I wouldn't say thirsty. I'm like starving for mm. uh, more education and um, learning from the pros who've actually been in the field for the longest time. And then, you know, that just developed more and more to certifications. Right. Give me one second. I'm going to, I'm going to cut this out, but I think, yeah. I don't know if you hear my fan, but I can hear it and I don't want it to be like annoying oh, in, the, in the episode. Now I'm going to get hot, sweaty, and gross more than I am already, but it doesn't matter. They, they can't that's, smell that's me. Life of a fitness trainer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're back to now that's, I think that must be really extremely encouraging to have like one of your instructors, like basically after all the experience they have with other students, to be able to nail it, like, yeah, some people are just born with this gift. And I mean, what a great thing. So why would they, I mean, is it just your technique is already there or is it just, I mean, I don't know, like what, what, what makes you born to be a massage therapist? Well, I, I, I think it's just because I've been very in tuned with, um, sense like sensory of touch. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've, I, I had, I was diagnosed with LDADHD, so I don't know if that had like like something about being around people always calm me down more focused. And sometimes I get like hyper-focused focused on something that's just like, whoa. Mm. Or if it was just something about um, being more intrigued about feeling something changing under your fingertips um, and knowing the difference of what tissues are what. And then that just kind of developed more um, being in tune with the Sometimes I can pick up like vibrations in the tissue. I know it sounds weird, but I can literally pick up, pick up vibrations in the tissue of people who are having an issue somewhere. What's, well, I mean, no, I, I've, I've heard some crazy things out there and that's, that's <laughs> the least crazy thing I've heard so far when it comes to body, body work. Um, 
and I, I'm just curious, you know, I'm curious like a cat. That's why my friends call me whiskers. Um, <laughs> what, uh, while, while you're in the middle of like all this, like you're, you're leaving college, you know, you're thinking about starting your business. What was your training? Like, were you actually doing like weight training, things like that at the time? Um, not, I wasn't, I was training with, in, in a gym, uh, just learning what I learned from back in wrestling, uh, that type mm-hmm. of training. Um, and I always, I shouldn't say I got bored with the training, but I always felt like there should have been more to training. Cause it just seemed like for like the different sports out there, it seemed like the fitness training was always the same for swimmers, football players, wrestlers, basketball players. And I just remember like our athletes just getting hurt and it, Back then, I was just when I looked at how wrestling was, it's a multifunctional movement sport. More, I, I think, more than mm-hmm. any sport out there outside of um, rugby or soccer. But you know, when you're being twisted and you have to like push back and forth on one another, there's just so much force going against you. And um, I, I, I just couldn't, it just didn't make sense to me back at the time why we had to like lift so heavy in one plane of motion um that kind of stuck in the back of my head like that's just didn't make sense for how the body moved uh especially when i was learning more about it yeah it is kind of they they really run it backwards when it comes to athletics and training you know everybody's still training like a bodybuilder or a power lifter correct um or even even an olympic weightlifter which there's nothing wrong with that if that's your sport but if your sport is dealing with you know, all the movement patterns, all the planes of motion, you know, on a field of play where it's just unpredictable, you know, and especially if you're in wrestling, football, basketball, something like that, rugby, as you mentioned, where there's contact, you know, how can you, how can you center yourself and, you know, create that leverage, you know, a bench press isn't going to teach you that. And neither is a squat even like you have to, you have to have that reflexive strength, that reflexive um, core, I guess we can call it. So, okay, great. Now, you know, I don't want to, dwell too much in the past i want to kind of bring us to the present speed so you you own a like you start a business right away not right away um it kind of developed over time i worked with other massage places i used to work for massage envy um when i moved here in indianapolis i always told myself i never wanted to work for there and after i got into it i found out why <laughs> um that's exactly no, forgive my ignorance but what what exactly is the massage mb you said yeah massage envy it's a franchise where uh okay on like a massage clinic they're not so much they're kind of like a spa but they're trying to like try to keep up with like other massage therapists are doing in their own practice i think is what i understand what they're doing because now they incorporate um massage guns and i think they're looking into like other things like cupping and stuff as well but um i think they're just trying to keep up with the times sure yeah okay yeah because i had no idea what that was um so, but you start there a little bit, you do some things, you're just trying to feel where your industry needs you, right? Right. Or where you'll fit into the industry. So how much, how long was it, you know, from the time that you graduated from uh, therapy school to when you actually started your own business? So my first business, uh, say I graduated in 07. I started that company probably up in uh, 2000, say I got married in 10 probably right around 2012 no sorry 2014 my first first business and then that ran for a while and then probably about two years ago i started 657 mobility so i mean is it comfortable to say that 
the seven years between graduation and starting your own business, I mean, you've always been in some kind of therapy work, right? Right. Mostly okay. massage, but then that led to other things. Well, let's break that open a little bit. So, I mean, we talk, I, I would love to know the difference. Like I had um, Ben, Ben Beeler, I believe is his name. Mm -hmm. I, I'm so, you know, it was, it's really interesting talking to, um, so to talking to uh, massage therapists and people that work on the body. But I, I'm curious then, like you're talking about massage and then you're saying other things. Can you break open like what you mean by that? Like as a, so as I, I, I guess I'm still ignorant in regards to a manual, you know, manual body work, body tech work, massage therapist. Like, I, I guess, I don't know if they're all the same or if they're different. I, I guess they can all kind of like cross point path at some point. But what I've, when people think, when you hear massage, people think lay on a table and you're going to have somebody do the work for you. Um, for mm -hmm. me, I call it soft tissue recovery because I, with the classes I've taken that has dealt with soft tissue, I do a lot of muscle activation. I do a technique called neural reset therapy that can actually relax the muscle through the nervous system. So I use the, so I look at the anatomy trains and, uh, look at, follow the chains to the problem area. And then I will work that entire chain from the right ankle to the left shoulder if we're dealing with the left shoulder issue. So I will work that entire chain with whatever technique I need to do at that point to get that shoulder out of uh, pain. And then we start using the DBRT system to retrain the movement that was lost from the compensation that they've had over the years. So when I took my rock tape course, that's when I actually learned about DBRT through Mitch at uh, Maximum Training Solutions. He introduced it to me and I was just like, that was like, that's it. And their model is, is touch it, tape it, move it. And I didn't have the movement part education. And that's when DVRT gave me that tool to actually train the movement, but not just the movement of the shoulder, but the movement of the shoulder in that exact chain, like yeah. the lats, the adapt of that adductors and the um, deep core line. And the glutes and the vastus muscles. So all that was just like, aha. So what I found out is I can get somebody out of re re starting the recovering process of pain by increasing the soft tissue mobility and then training that mobility to stick better so they don't have that problem again. And again, like we like to say, is build that resilience to those types of injuries and prevent that from coming back. You're speaking my language, man. I feel like I totally geek out right now. But, you know, forgive my, <laughs> well, and, you know, again, forgive me for like, I'm just such a simple, so, such a simple person, but, you know, from my understanding, when it comes to whatever kind of therapy, whether it be massage therapy, physical therapy, chiropractic care, um, all these different fields and all are very valuable for their own uh, techniques and things like this. But, you know, it's always, and I think you mentioned it earlier in our conversation, as you get somebody that comes to you for therapy work, massage therapy work or whatever, and you, you do what you have to do. Like you, you almost, you can get them out of pain because you can help with that mobility factor. But as you just mentioned, you didn't do anything really to help with the reset of like the motor control, the stability. So yeah. they've got, they got the mobility again, but what do they do? They leave your clinic and they, they start falling back into the same movement patterns because they, you get that mobility, but you haven't really added stability. So that motor control, that learning how to fire properly. So then they, they fall back into the old patterns, the old habits, find themselves back in pain. 
And then, I mean, for any clinician, right. Then they come back right. and they're like, my shoulder still hurts. My back still hurts. Like it was good for a while, but it's back. But now, and this is, I think this is the, such a valuable tool and Dan Swinsco, right. I mean, PT guy uh, in Arizona right now, I had him on the podcast. That was a, that was, that was a great oh, conversation. I love that one. And, you know, he talks about that same thing, like how he uses DVRT. I mean, he has different modalities, but it seems like he always falls back to DVRT with treating his patients. Like, hey, I'm going to do my manual work on you right now, but now it's time to do some of those dead bugs, some of those hip bridges, some of those around the world, because now we could take that mobility you've been given and now you can retrain in a certain degree. And because it's so neural, it doesn't take long. I mean, I'm not saying like one session you're done. I mean, here's the deal. I just got back from the Perform Better Summit and uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. But one, I remember one presenter is like, you got to have your clients believe that this is forever. <laughs> you know, like yeah, somebody's talking about having a broken ankle and getting your PT exercises and being like, okay, so Mr. PT, I, um, if I just do these exercises for a little bit, my ankle will feel better. He's like, you have to do them forever. Your ankle yeah. sucks. So you have to keep doing these exercises. And that's, I mean, we have to understand that we just can't be wellness is, you know, as long as you live, wellness should be a part of it. And it should encounter like all different facets, especially for me, strength training. Right. Um, so with that being said, I think, I feel like we have that agreement that you add that stability and maybe Joe, I would love to hear your take on like, how would you define that stability in motor control? Like for the lay person, for the person that, you know, cause a lot of times I feel like people hear stability and they think balance, right? Like I'm stable, right. so I'm balanced, but I want you to talk about like that neuromuscular, but again, dumb it down for somebody like sure. myself. So again, if you're, if you're having those compensation patterns, that's all your brain will always uh, call upon. So when you get that massage aspect, you're just releasing that tissue, but the, the, you're kind of like resetting that brain a little bit, but then out, over time, your what I have to call the Hulk muscles, your compensation muscles versus your Bruce Banner muscles. Oh, uh, look at this guy busting out Marvel. All uh, right. And, uh, and most of my clients like understand that. And so that's why I use it. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Uh, so, so it's like, they're always like the frustration I hear with my clients is like, you know, I've been to PT for this. I've been to PT for this like several times, but it keeps coming back. And I, I love PT, but I, you know, PT will give you your homework to do, but PT is also designed to short term. It's not a continuing workout regimen like yes you can do your workouts forever if you have the right tools and you understand how to do it but once you've mastered that one thing like okay well these are no longer challenging now what do i do well let's add let's add a resistance band to that now let's challenge that that pattern a different way now that you've mastered this one year so we're now we're going to progress you to a different exercise but we're still going to focus on this chain we're just going to challenge it a little bit differently so now we're going to add in another movement. Now we're going to make it a little bit more complex and start adding more movement to that and build upon that. So that's why, like, people always saw me as a PT, as a physical therapist, like, oh, Joe, thanks. I feel better. Uh, I'll see you next time. Or when I have another problem, I'll come back to you. And it's like, well, no, 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 wait a minute. It, it's like, do you eat one meal a day? And be like, oh, I'm full for the rest of my life because I'm full in the moment. But that's where I'm trying to get like where I build my practice is that once we get you feeling better, that's step one. Step two is to learn and progress your exercises. And then if you want to say step three, you can say, now you've got to join the fitness aspect of it. Join my gym because we just 
recovered you from point A to point B, now you, it's up to you to maintain it and you're going to maintain it by progressing with this system and you, you got to stick with it. And, and I think that's where I'm trying to go with that is you just can't say, well, I brushed my teeth one time. Now they're, they're clean for the rest of my life. Oh, so that you can't, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. Oh, okay. Sorry, so I better me. rethink my dental hygiene here. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to bust your bubble on that one. <laughs> Shoot. I thought I was literally saving, I was saving a lot of money on a toothpaste. Yeah, you're, you're floss, but I guess that's why my teeth keep falling out anyway. That's right. But that, that's just the, that's just what I've been seeing with my clients is that, um, in, in, with anything, like if you stop doing it and then you revisit later, you're starting all over again. Right. And for me, I don't like that cycle. I, I don't want to. Well, be- you said you said earlier, you want to be one and done. I mean, you want to make sure that you take care of that problem. Um, and I just think, I think it was my last podcast here a couple of podcasts ago where it was the whole ounce of prevention is worth more than a pound of cure, right? Right. So I think you're really trying to hit that ounce of prevention, but you know, the ounce of prevention is not a, it's like your vitamins. Well, every little thing that you do for your, your health, you do pretty much on a daily regimen, if not like a few times a week kind of regimen. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, if I'm getting this correctly, I think I totally dig this Joe is the fact that, I mean, you started with just kind of like your, your business had only kind of one thing going on, you know, you were more manual, manual therapist, you know, massage therapist, but now you see the value of like, how you can keep people because I think that's what happens to PT is you go to PT, you stop, you, and you know, what for me, it just makes me cringe that when people, cause a lot of times it's like, well, what do I do for exercise? We'll just join a gym, <laughs> you know? And then right. so people leave PT and then they go do like traditional things, traditional, um, you know, bench pressing, squatting machines and all this. And I don't want to poo poo that stuff, but it's not the best. It's not the most ideal. So they, they do these and either a, they get bored and they stop, you know, because it is, I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna say it's boring. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they, like you said, they fall on their Hulk muscles again, the compensations take over. And then maybe 12 months, 18 months, they're back to the PT because their shoulder hurts again, their back hurts, knee hurts. But I like how you want to keep your clients then you want to, you want to treat your patients, but now they're going to kind of convert over. And then all of a sudden, like, what a great system I feel like, because if something does happen, where they might have to fall back a little bit, I mean, there you are. Right. And because they've been training regularly, I mean, we know that the more you train, the stronger you get, the easier it is to rehab out of it. Right. I mean, right. strength. Oh, I just, Perfect the value of strength. one of my runners, he, uh, he, he's an adamant runner. He just, he was playing soccer. He pulled his groin muscle while playing soccer, let trying to let it heal for like a week or so. And it wasn't getting better. He, he made multiple appointments with me. And so we're, we're tying in a little bit of DVRT, targeting those weak muscles while I'm trying to get the overworked muscles to relax. So I'm trying to like slowly transverse that over. But by the day he had his run on Saturday morning, it now it was an eight hour run, just him running for eight hours. Okay. On a pulled groin. We, I, <laughs> I, I might just, why that's my question. But anyway, second place. Really? He took second place and the, his groin muscle and hip muscles did not flare up a whole lot, but it didn't slow him down because he didn't feel it. it now, you said this was on a Saturday. Correct. And when did the injury occur? Uh, probably about a week and a half prior to that. Okay. So less than two weeks. Right. Making multiple appointments with you. So that actually, that kind of spins off into a question I want to ask you because 
I think it's such a testament to our training, a testament to our understanding of DVRT that we'll have clients that, you know, have little injuries. Now, pulled groin is kind of a major injury, but, you know, just the, I tweaked my back over the weekend because I was lifting something or I was doing yard work or my shoulder, this, my knee, that typically we'll just say, Hey, take some time off of your workout so you can rest and recover. Right. Right. Now tell me though, why, why is that such a farce? Why should we stay away from that? Well, um, I, 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 when I hurt my foot, uh, I dropped an 80 pound sandbag on it and the handle hit my, I didn't drop it. I just placed it a little higher and the handle hit my foot and it swelled up pretty bad, but I still did my workout, but I was able to modify the workouts because of the education that DVRT provides. I was able to modify my workout. So I didn't miss a beat. Mm-hmm. Um, it really helped my single leg training with my left side. <laughs> so, so that got stronger, but I was able to pick up once I was able to put weight on that foot. So when we, so that's what I like about if we are building up stronger movements and patterns during those injuries, we can actually still do a workout depends on the injury. Not every injury is the same, but we can actually continue to do their workout program, just make those modifications. So they don't miss a beat. Um, and, and I really liked that when I was following you about your foot injuries that you were still working out in the gym, but you had to make those modifications until you got better. Right. So, but what I do is I will actually, what I call my soft tissue recovery is we will work the soft tissue. We're recovering that tissue to help speed up your um, progress or speed up your recovery to get back to what you're doing. So you're not losing weeks or months on end. And then by the time you get back in the gym, you're like, man, this was so easier a month ago. And nobody likes to feel like they're starting over. Right. Uh, maybe some people do. I don't know. Uh, I don't think anybody does. Anybody <laughs> that, yep. Nope. Maybe that's for two different clientele that we're dealing with. I don't know. Um, but I know for myself, I don't like to start over. So I want to, that's why I want to develop this program to where I can keep you moving forward no matter what your injuries are. Uh, I've worked with scoliosis clients. I've worked with a full knee replacement client and she is now walking better than she ever has. Um, even after she fired her PT. So um, I don't know the full story of that. She just said, I want to come. I was recommended to come see you instead. So I said, okay. So we just, Follow the basic principles and she's walking better. She's lifting heavier. Um, she's doing really well, even though she was injured, she was still able to train. Right. And I mean, those results don't lie. If somebody, if, you know, this is what's great about being in charge of your own healthcare is, you know, you might, you might have to pay a little extra, you know, out of pocket to be with somebody like yourself or myself per, but then I still get people that are like, training with us at FLD is less expensive than therapy. And you know, the results, again, I don't tell people not to do this. Like I don't say stop your physical therapy because I'm fitness, I'm strength, you know, I'm strength training. So I know what I know, but I can't tell them, you know, not to either. So when they decide to stop their physical therapy and come to us, I just feel like once again, that's a testament to our training. And you know, it's, if they were coming to us and they were falling apart, well, then they're not very, they're not a very smart consumer. But if they're they're in this consumers win, right? Like your product is not as good as their product. So I'm willing to go over there because I want to be better. Um, now you bring up scoliosis. I think that's great because if I remember, there's a time where 
you know, one of your, uh, I guess, patients came to the DVRT certification, her and her brother came to, uh, Chicago in October 21. Um, very great people. I loved it. And just how in tune they are too. Like, they're just like soaking up everything. Um, I just love that about patients and clients yeah. is when they're so into this. Um, but uh, I remember the female has uh, some pretty serious scoliosis and you've worked, have you worked with other people with scoliosis, low back pain, things like that? As a massage therapist? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of understood the, the anatomy of it, but like Mitch has told said in the past, like, if you understand a concept, you have a thousand techniques and I see myself having a lot of concepts and it kind of clicked one day. I was talking to my chiropractor and he was saying that the curve that you see him, I was looking at my x-ray. He goes, Joe, that will never go away. He says, that's just compensation in your spine. And he's said that if that continues to go that way, he goes, it kind of curves. So that was kind of like my aha moment. Like what if scoliosis is just a big compensation because they can't resist rotation. Mm -hmm. So I went back to my client. I said, Hey, I want to try something here. I said, let's always, always a great thing for a client to hear. Like, Oh, okay. But she, she's like, she walked into this. She's like, so I'm my colleague, you're getting paid. I'm like, maybe a little bit, but I was like, we're going to work at this together. Cause I need more information about this. Cause I want to help people with scoliosis. Um, so we, we did, we started doing anti-rotation work, workouts and her eyes just blew up. She's like, Oh my gosh, what a difference. And she's like, I can, the better she got, the stronger she got. And we can actually start seeing her posture changing uh, just through strengthening up the proper lines or strengthening up the Bruce Banner muscles. And she literally came back and said, Joe, she goes, I'm using my torso trainer a lot less. I remember her talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's what intrigued her. And then all of a sudden she's like, Joe, I signed up for the class. I was like, great, let's do this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, I digress, but yes. <laughs> well, no, that's, this whole podcast is about digressing. Anybody that's listening all, I think, I think I have seven listeners now. I think I found a few people that signed up and it's because I did a promotion where I was going to give them money if they signed up and I still had to, <laughs> I still had to pull through on that. But this podcast is all about, I should just call this podcast shiny objects and digressions. Cause that's all we're all about. <laughs> um, but I, you know, her, uh, her torso trainer, she was telling, I mean, it kind of sounded medieval, mm-hmm. but then the other thing though, is like, how, how long did she have to spend in this torso trainer? Like how long every she, day she mm-hmm. had to vote how many, how long? So she also had to stand on a Boshu ball, like those half moon things. Yeah. Gross. But okay. Anyway, she said she had to stand that for like, I don't know. She's probably going to like, no, Joe, uh, I want to say about 10, maybe 15 minutes minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the numbers I remember from our last conversation that we've had about it. Um, but she was doing that like every day. like Right. But I felt like that whole torso trainer was at least like. I felt like it was an hour or something that she had to, or am I wrong? I guess I felt like there was well, like a close, it, I guess it depends on how she felt after her day of work. Right. I just remember it felt like an insane amount of time to just like be in this piece of equipment or whatever. And, and then and again, having to come pose. back, what's that? And holding the pose. She had a right. pose. Yeah. Yeah. It just felt like, wow, that is really strange, but it was, it's almost like some kind of like voodoo thing like if you do so many minutes of this and it's gotta be and you have to do it in order and it has to be precise and you can't do you know 
And then you're going to be good, at least for the day. And then you got to repeat this every single day. Aspirin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and what she needs is she just needs to find the cure, right? So maybe the headache is that she's dehydrated, right? So she needs to find the water. And, and that, you know, when you're talking about this, this anti-rotation training, you know, we, Oh my goodness. So you think about it. The only time we ever talk about anti-rotation training is those silly Russian twists with the medicine ball. Right. You know, we never really can appreciate and anti-rotation. I feel like anti-rotation is a huge benefit for people like to learn how to resist that unwanted rotation, especially for the spine's health mm-hmm. and just for movement strength is it goes a long way. So now all of a sudden with DVRT and your knowledge, you have, you have solutions for her, right? Yeah. So that that's another thing I, I, I market is that we have solutions to your pain. And uh, when I first started out, it was like pain, personal training for pain management. And I, I, at the time, my mindset was like, well, this is what they call it. So let's stick with what people know. Mm-hmm. But then, then I started kicking myself in the butt and I was just like, but Joe, you want to be different. You got to come up with a different name for that. Cause you're not just managing people's pain. You want to get them out of pain. So um, I just call it pain recovery. We're recovering you from your chronic pain. And that's kind of what uh, we were doing for this client was the, the pain that she had on a daily basis with the scoliosis. And I knew I had the tools, but it was like sharpening my tools at the same time. And we had very little, like all my theories turned out to be really concrete data. No, it's, and we find out in the field quicker than all the research comes out, right? Like research is way behind. And that's, you know, you're talking about this. So like how kind of your guinea pig, but kind of not. I mean, I feel like this is my experience with DVRT in the beginning is, you know, it makes sense, right? I mean, just in the brain, it makes a lot of sense that this is how it goes, the training, especially when you go through the certification and you really appreciate how to properly use the implements, uh, because that right there, that, that saves lives. You know, I mean, if you, if you just pick up a sandbag and you watch a YouTube video, there's a chance you might die, but if you learn right. how to do it properly, <laughs> now you're going to live maybe not forever, but, um, but there's a big difference between the intention and just the task as we always like to talk about, but I just remember like, okay, this, this is what they're saying. It makes a lot of sense. Well, I also want to be different. And so when you open up a gym in a small town, like ours, that's like, saturated with other gyms and a lot of the gyms are the same thing just in a different building mm-hmm. well let's let's get this going and you know you make mistakes but i like to say they're they're manageable mistakes they're mistakes that aren't going to definitely hurt somebody but it's like as you learn you you know the whole thing right you know better so you do better so you can be better right but almost all those practices and theories or not theories but all the practices and the information coming out of dvrt universe i'm like here we go let's try it out and then people are like, I feel so much better doing this. I'm like, okay, it works. You know, it's in yeah. the, the proof is in the pudding. I don't have to sit there and wait for a research paper to come out. I've got people that are like, my shoulder pain is a whole lot less, if not gone, my knee pain, you know, my back pain, all this. It's like, man, this is really, this stuff works. And then it gets me jacked up. Like I tell people fitness line down has almost been around for eight years. And you would think like today was my first day in the job. Cause I'm so excited. Right. You know, I don't seeing people succeed, celebrating their victories and their victories aren't necessarily like I lost 20 pounds. I lost 30 pounds or, you know, look at, I can see my bicep. It's, Hey, I, I went on a big hike this weekend and I had no knee pain. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I picked up my kid, you know, my grandchild or whatever. 
my back felt great. I felt strong. You know, I felt confident. Like, it's like, I get that. <laughs> One of the ones we get to is I put my underwear on standing up. I didn't have to sit right. down. It's like, way to go, you yeah. know? Um, <laughs> and so it's celebrating those victories and that's where fitness. And it is, again, I think about the perform better once again, as I kind of sit back and think about the, the weekend and, you know, hearing a lot of presentations since COVID, there's been a lot of like, I feel like there's been a little bit of a, a tidal wave turn or turning of the t- why oh, turning of the tide. That's what I want to say um, about how to address now. Cause now it's more like people are highly anxious. They're coming out of this stuff. Like how can we, how can we make them feel better in the gym? You know, how can we, how can we address some of their mental health issues? You know, instead of just like, let's get them pumped up and jacked up and doing this kind of stuff. It's not like, well, we have to really, we have to really respect the individual that you're working with. Right. Right. Um, so tell me, Oh, go ahead. You guys something to say? Oh, I was just going to say, you know, that's just, that's just it. It's like, that's what keeps me excited every day is like knowing I gave somebody their life, a piece of their life back and mm-hmm. getting them to enjoy, you know, life again, where they're like, you know what? I like my cyclist. He's like, am I ever going to ride a bike again? I was like, yeah, you're going to ride a bike. He's like, or when we started doing dead bugs, he's like, he was doing Pilates and he was told that he could never do not extend your legs. And I was like, brother, you, you're a cyclist. That's all you do is extend your legs. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now we, we built that confidence up where he can now extend his legs in a dead bug. And he was just like, wow, what a, what a huge difference. And he's getting his quality of life back because now he's riding his bike again and he's doing better. So, so that, that was, that's what it keeps me going. And that's what I love about the DBRT systems because I can use a fitness program that makes so much sense. I tell people all the time, like I'm a better wrestler today than I was back in high school because <laughs> of DBRT. Yeah. And I, I got a client who's in jujitsu and he, I was showing him a few things and I've literally put a, together a workout program designed for jujitsu, like for his to improve his jujitsu. And he comes back. He's like, dude, my coach doesn't like you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why? He goes, he goes, because the techniques you showed me and the exercises I'm doing, he's like, he had a hard time breaking some of my, my holds. And I yeah. said, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's, I mean, it's such a, I don't want it to be a secret, but it's still, I mean, I think about all the, all the people that have been exposed somewhat to DVRT. And again, going back to perform better. There's a lot of new people that are there. I, I think about Josh's presentation, this guy named Josh Henkin. I don't know. He's kind of big in the DVRT world, yeah. but you know, the, the person introducing them like asks the crowd and the numbers of course, aren't as large as they once were because it's post COVID and, you know, we're kind of getting back up on our feet, but Josh and Jessica on a Sunday, like packed the room. I mean, mm. you know, of, of the amount of people that were there, it was impressive how many people went to his lecture and then his hands on right away. But once again, though, how, how many people have ever heard of Josh speak or something? And just so many hands did not go up. And I'm just sitting there, like, getting my popcorn ready. Like, you guys are in for a treat. Oh, treat um, right. <laughs> and, and, of course, you know, it's just, it is, it's just, it's wonderful to hear all this stuff. Like, I mean, and you always pick up something new. But the fact of, you know, and I, I got to ask, like, your cyclist, what, what was the injury? So it started out as a low back. And, um, but prior to that, he was on a zip line and he missed the platform and it messed up his leg a little bit. And, uh, so we've been dealing with that, but he was going through like yoga, PT, Pilates and stuff like that. 
and he got referred to me and he's been with me for maybe a little over a year now. And I mean, we had a lot of stuff to work with, but he, you know, I wish our progress got was faster, but there's a lot of things that we had to work with and deal with. And he, he's amazed of like the progress he has made. So well, this whole, uh, I can imagine. So like in a Pilates world, you know, I'm sure as soon as he extends that leg, that probably just sends pain through his back. Right. right. Yeah. But how cool is that now that he can extend his leg? But why can't he? It's because of the feedback of the bag. I mean, that's the that's the missing key in all this stuff is that when you can really create that tension, that stability through your core musculature, what we know, right? Proximal stability gives us distal mobility. So as soon as he can really grab through and brace, not with, you know, and I think about this, I don't tell people to brace their core, right? I just, you know, maybe throw a few mini bands on for some uh, feedback as an assistant coach. But as soon as they can create that tension through the bag and intentionally drive that leg out, not just swing the leg out, but drive, how much more of that core is going to allow for that movement? Right. And so is this is this guy, is he cycling now or? Yeah, he's cycling now. Uh, but now we, we're having a problem with like the knee bending. <laughs> like if it's bent in a position too long, it cramps up. And mm-hmm. long story short, we are now, I've got a... Uh, a Bulgarian squat rack for the single leg stuff. Um, you put your one leg up on the roller and you can squat yep. down. So um, we, he was intimidated by that at first. I was like, that's okay. We'll, we'll visit later. And he had great single leg stability. He could stand on one leg forever. So I was like, all right, let's, let's try this. I give him a, a bag and he got on that one leg and he found the power in that leg that he was missing. And I was like, that's why it hurts because there's no power there's nothing coming out of that leg. So I was like, you're, you're literally feeling your muscles atrophy at this point. Mm-hmm. So now we, we broke those barriers. He's, we're just focusing on a lot of single leg work where we're doing um, sprinter stance, deadlifts, sprinter stance, uh, rear step sprinter stance, uh, add a little bit of crossover now, one arm crossovers. And mm-hmm. so now he's, we're focusing on that. And he's just like, oh man, the pain is gone. And I was like, yeah, that glute just doesn't want to fire up. Yeah, it's so great when we can do that unilateral training where, you know, and that's where a lot of people miss the boat and quote unquote traditional training is because yeah. they're so bilateral. They're both feet flat on the ground, both hands on the bar, both hands on whatever, you know, it's like, yeah. but as soon as you, and that's the great thing is, you know, and our listeners probably know is going from a bilateral stance, you don't have to go right to a single leg deadlift or anything like that. You can go and just make that a sprinter stance so people can get familiar with that frontal plane instability that that wanting to move side to side mm-hmm. and when you can seal up those energy leaks and then you can start progressing i mean that's i just can't stop talking about the beauty of the progressions and the regressions you know i mean it's and you know as you're talking about it when you know the system you just have like thousands of you know i guess in your field there you're talking about techniques but i don't i don't have exercises i just have thousands of options i have thousands of solutions because it's like, well, what kind of squat are we going to do today? <laughs> you know, I mean, between body position, holding position, implements being used, you know, there's, there's thousands, I mean, maybe a thousand, but there's hundreds maybe mm-hmm. of combinations that we could do. Yeah. And that's what thousands. I love about the DBRT system is that there's just, just when you thought you've mastered it, like, oh, well, let's just put this tiny band on it and now do the motion. Oh my gosh, Joe, I hate you. I hate this exercise now, but you'll learn to love it. <laughs> right. Or in reverse, I mean, somebody might come in one week and they're doing a sprinter stance, you know, shoulder sprinter stance squat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're like, oh, it's kind of bothering me, you know, here or there, wherever. 
And maybe we just go from the bag to the front loaded position. We don't even change the weight. Right. But now we give them a little bit more uh, constant stability through the front. And they're like, that makes a big difference, you know, or maybe, maybe we just move into a front loaded, bring the foot back to a bilateral stance and do a, you know, do a traditional squat, but not with any weight on the back, keeping that core connection with the bag in the front. And they could still, as you talked about, they could still keep going. They could still say, they could still stay, uh, still have that consistency in their training. They don't have to be like, my back hurts, my knee hurts, so I can't go in. I tell, I've said this before in this podcast, but how many people, and I mentioned earlier, instead of taking the day off from training, they've experienced us. They trust us enough to know that if they come in and tell us they have an issue X, Y, or Z, that we're going to be able to make those necessary changes to the program that they could still have. And then what happens? They still, they leave feeling better than when they showed up, yeah. you know, that achy back is not like, Whoa. And what do we do? We just juice the core with some stability. I mean, it's, and it's so fun to do that. It's just so fun to problem solve. I think, I think as trainers and coaches, that's our number one task is the problem solve, because especially when we're dealing with yeah. the general population is, you know, depending on their walk of life, where they are, man, I mean, it's, it's just exciting that not every day is the same. Like I'm going to count how many reps you're doing on the bench press. Then we're going to move over and do some incline pressing. Then we'll do some shoulder flies. I'll wipe down the bench for you. I will do a bunch of small talk in the middle. <laughs> you know, it's just like, bam, bam, bam. Before you know it, it's like, I've, I've already spent the morning training, you know, maybe 12 people. Yeah. And it's like, it's so exhilarating. It's so thrilling. Yeah. Clyde's so like, what was like, what number am I? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not counting. I'm watching <laughs> your form. And she goes, well, that's what like, you're supposed to count for me. I'm like, no, I, you, you can count. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, that's what I tell. I was like, how many is that? I'm like, I don't know, maybe one. <laughs> right. Let's just start don't, over. We, we don't ask me know. that question. It was like this morning, there was one person, uh, Megan took one side of the training floor. I had the other side of the training floor. And one of the, um, one of our clients doing something, you know, she's doing a band work and she's kind of close to the wall. And she looks over to Megan. She's like, should I step out farther? Megan's like, that's up to you. And I said, listen, because you asked that question, yes, you should step out farther. Because if you're going to ask that question, I know the answer. <laughs> should I step in? Okay, well, probably, yeah. But I mean, if you're thinking like you need to step out, you need to step out. Oh, yeah, listen to your body. <laughs> my, my job is so simple. I just, you know, and it's great. This is like in my gym is the only time I could tell people what to do. And they listen. I leave my gym. That never happens. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't I don't get it, but I love it. You know, and I. I tell people like you listen to what I say and we're going to get along just fine. That's right. <laughs> um, well, that was great. I, you know, and there's so many, like, you know, I just think about, because you're talking about, and w- remind me now, what was it? When was the time that rock tape thing that you were starting to get into DVRT? I just like that little bit of a timeline. So Mitch is an athletic trainer. He's, he's amazing. Um, I love to just pick his brain when I get a chance. It's been a while, but um, he, he was talking about the, uh, reactive neuromuscular training uh, and the RNT. And, yeah. He's really good friends with Josh and he just showed some pictures of the sandbag and he was like, he mentioned DVRT and I was like, well, what's that? What is that? So I, I after class, I was like, Hey, I was like, what's this DVRT thing you're talking about? He told me a little bit more about it. And I was like, I was like, Mitch, I think that's my, uh, I think that's something I need to look into. I say, that's my missing link, I think. If you're using me as a rehab with your athletes, then I need this exercise program. And I literally bought my first bag was a core bag and a power bag. Mm-hmm. And I started playing with that. I'm like, you know, I like this. I like how this feels. I can move it. And as a wrestler, that's just 
that made so much more sense as to strengthen up through movement. And then I just started watching videos. Then I found you and started watching all your coffees and kettlebells. And I was like, I never missed an episode. Once I found you, I had to go back and like, where's number one at? I could never find number one. And do you, uh, do you remember number one? I, I can't find number one. Like, oh, you can't. YouTube, it's like buried. So I oh. only subscribed from the first time I saw you all the way up to the last one you made. Well, like, this should be, I mean, there's a library oh. of it. The, I, I remember the first one. I don't remember. I think I was just talking about bear hug squats because I do remember taking a picture of all three of my kids and I'm holding them in a bear hug position. And I'm not quite sure if I'm squatting in the picture, but for whatever reason, that was my first. I just, I, for some reason, I remember. And that's, that's what I can't tell you what number two was. I do remember there is one where I cringe because I was talking about doing halos with the kettlebells. So, you know, holding the kettlebell with the bottoms yeah. up and doing a pattern that's similar to the around the world. But now I know better. So there's no such thing as halos in our gyms. There's only the right. big uh, uh, around the world. But I mean, do you have like a, a timeline on that? Like time, you know, where, where did you start hearing I'll about that? I'll have to DVRT? go back and look because when I got a new phone, I, I lost all those videos. So well, I, I mean, when you like, do you remember when you were talking to Mitch about this? Oh, Mitch. Uh, gosh, that was. Uh, that was back in, uh, let's see, we moved out here in 2013, maybe, maybe 16 or 17. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, cause I'm just curious because when we met in 2019 at the certification, I just wanted to see what was the time frame between you getting um, involved. Those, yeah, probably about two years. Yeah. So that's uh, pretty cool that you had like, and I, I think that's great because when I started getting into DVRT, you know, we ordered the bags, we got the bags filled, we we're playing with them based on kind of what we were reading in the blogs, what we were seeing on the videos. And we we had a pretty decent understanding of the ultimate sandbag with the DVRT training. And I, I think that really helps. I think that helps more than just going in cold, you know, because some of these people that come to these certifications just do so to get some uh, continuing ads or because, you know, it's available. I don't know. And, you know, there's some people I've met that have never even heard of DVRT until the, when they walked in for the certification or signed up. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I think it's really useful for somebody to, to play with the bags a little bit, to kind of mm -hmm. dive into the system a little bit, to have a little bit of a, okay, I'm familiar with this. I might not know a lot, but I'm familiar because, and then I think the thing that helps too is knowing the mistakes you made. So when you go in you get corrected, now it's like, oh, okay, wow, that makes such a big difference. You know, one of the things I remember is the sprinter stands. We had no idea really. So when clients were asking us like what percentage, you know, and I, I struggle with percentages anyway, but you know, how much should be on the front foot? How much should be on the back foot? We're just kind of like maybe a 90, 10, you know, but then to realize, and how do you gauge it? I don't know. It's a 60, 40 is what we kind of say in the DVRT world. But I, I think in my own brain and I, well, I tell people all hundred percent of that 40% better be working on that sprinter foot. Right. And I think it's only 40% because of the position of the foot. It's, you know, right. it's not flat. So it's back. So maybe Maybe it's a, you know, I don't know, it's 40% of the hundred percent and 60 on the other, because I, whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just hard to measure that, but when you do it right in effect, you know, it's very effective when you do it correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Joe, this was, and I just, I love hearing, especially from people. I mean, you're getting into the training, you're, you're, and I love that system that you're doing with your, your patients kind of turning them into fitness clients. Mm -hmm. So that it's just kind of a, a one-stop shop for their physical well-being. I think that's amazing. And I'm trying to talk to our clinicians here because 
in October, we're running the DVRT restoration course. And I just think for a lot of clinicians, you know, like a Dan Swinsco, his method, your method of, Hey, let's do some treatment. But now we have a little time after the treatment. Like let's, let's do some dead bugs. Let's do some hip bridges while you're here so that we can start making those corrections, you know, and it doesn't take long. And so I'm, I'm hoping that I, I'm reaching out to some clinicians in town here. Just, Hey, this would be a good thing, you know, and I don't know, right. whatever. <laughs> yeah. I recommend it for anybody. I mean, like I said, when I was going into it, I, <clears throat> I even remember the conversation with Josh. I was like, Josh, do I have to be a, do I have to go to college to become a, a, an exercise science to take your course? Do I have to be a licensed athletic coach or uh, fitness guru to take, to be certified with your course. And he was like, he's like, no, he goes, if you're just going to add it to your business, you can just get certified through us. And I was like, great, because I don't believe in everybody else's fitness world. Like I believe in this 100% and I want this to be a part of my job and I will do anything what I got to do to make that happen. And uh, he's just like, no, you just need to be certified through us and you can apply it. They like, but if you're going to work for another gym and they require that national certification, then you got to get that. And I was like, right. okay, well, let's just start with step one. Let me get this program. And now it's like DVRT is like my main focus. Like anytime I want, if I can never get a chance to take another seminar or another course, I, I want to take all the levels of DVRT and master that. And I, I don't take massage tech courses anymore unless I absolutely have to. But my main focus is just to master uh, the DVRT system and because I, I love it so much and uh, there's just so many benefits I can do with it from somebody trying to get off the couch to a sport, um, yeah. any, if it's any sport, uh, if it like CrossFit, I look at CrossFit, I, it's a sport. Anything I see that's repetitive, it's more of a sport. Like football mm -hmm. is more of like a sport. And um, so I, I can help people with CrossFit as a cross training to help lift heavier. You mm -hmm. perform better at the CrossFit without those recurring injuries. Because I used to work in that industry and I just saw the same injuries all the time. They would get better, go back to what they were doing. And Josh even said, he goes, in that industry, a lot of people are going to powerlifters too, that they're going to just feel better to go right back to what hurt them in the first place. And I was like, you know what? I got to take this a different, a different way because that's what I'm marketing to. And that was a tough market. Like, they're like, why do I want to do your workouts when I'm already doing their workout? <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm not going to explain this in much more, but yes, that, but I, I like I said, I, I love it all. Um, just DBRT fitness makes so much more sense to me and it can fit anybody what no matter what they're doing well you're doing a great job down there and I'm a I'm a little excited to see when uh, Joe and Lena pair up and kind of blow up Indiana Dude, Le Lena she's been helping me already and she's amazing and I just tell her like Lena here's my problems your, these are your strengths you tell me what to do and I'll just do it. <laughs> and for anybody that doesn't know, like, you know, my, our DBRT sister, Lena, moved from Illinois to Indiana. So she's really close to Joe now. So there could be a great collaboration happening down there. And like I said, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, me too. I am, I am might too. have to, might have to make my way down to Indiana. So, um, we, have you. we got space yeah. for you. <laughs> awesome. 
Well, Joe, it was a wonderful conversation. I am so grateful that you were able to come on and join me and talk. And, you know, selfishly, I just like to talk to you. So it's all good. Appreciate it. All right. So you guys, until the next time that we meet, Godspeed.